Good morning and welcome to West. My name is Andrea Smith. I'm one of the pastors here. And we are so grateful that you are choosing to spend your Sunday morning here worshiping with us. Or if you're worshiping with us online right now via live stream, a huge shout out to you. And also if you're worshiping with us later on through the week via podcast or Vimeo, we welcome you as well. Uh, I ran out of time this morning getting ready and I did not have a chance to finish my prayer time. So if you want to like check your text messages or something, you know, you busy yourselves, but I have like, I need to finish my prayer time. So just do whatever you need to do, okay? Dear God, I need your help. First of all, tomorrow, I really need to sleep just a little later. And so the traffic on 150 is becoming an issue. I don't like to leave home until 720 But if I wait till 7.20, then it takes me literally one hour to go two miles past Big Daddy's, past the high school. I need you to stop the traffic problem on 150. If you could please do that for me, I would be grateful. Request number two, that dog that we have. I love him. He's so cute. But dadgum, he pees all the flippin' time. And I really need him to stop needing to pee. So if he could grow a larger bladder or something, I have no idea how you can fix that, but God, I need your help, and I need you to just do whatever it is that you do to fix the dog peeing continually problem. And finally, my third request. I love Scott with all my heart. We've been married like 22 years, and God, I know you know how much I love him, but God, I need you to help me change him. He is a little uptight. He's a little organized for me. And frankly, you know, he just, you know, is insistent that once we come home, you know, we put our phones away and we actually spend some time like together talking. And so, you know, I have a lot to do and I'm really important. God, you know that. Hello, here serving you. So if you could uh, take care of that, I'd really be grateful. Thank you for your help in advance. In the name of God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for letting me finish my morning prayer time. Now, that's actually sometimes what our prayers to God end up being like, and we don't even know it. And what I hope we walk away with today is a new perspective or a new understanding in how we can actually call out to God for help. We are in the middle of a message series called Get Naked. We are in the season of Lent. That's like the 40 days leading up to Easter. And it is during these 40 days that we're trying to peel away all the things and all the actions and thoughts and feelings that get in the way of us and God. You see, God never moves. God is this divine presence and energy that is present in each of us, but sometimes we just feel like God is not there. We feel like there is no God, or we picture this this human being in human form with a long white beard on a big chair up on the clouds somewhere far away, and that's our image of God. And, And I would challenge us to look at that a little differently because, you see, there is something bigger than we are that holds the universe together. That is 
God, that is divine love, divine love, divine energy, that divine presence that was embodied to us through the person of Jesus Christ, who came and lived on the earth and and had friends and fellowship and, and communicated with God. And Jesus showed us how we can be connected to God. When Jesus said, I am the way, he was saying to us, if you will live as I live, Everything that I have is available to you just like it is for me. But you have to tap into it. You have to hold on to it. And so hopefully by the end of today's message, I will communicate with us a word, help, that will help us connect with God and sort of give new meaning to our prayer lives. There are different words that we're looking at each week of this series. Two weeks ago, we started with thanks and hear and owe. Words of affirmation and words of calling out like saying, thank you, God. Here I am, God. I'm just in your presence. Be with me right now. And owe the beauty of God. And then last Sunday, you heard our associate minister, Daniel Wilson, preach on the word saying, sorry. When we say we're sorry, when we confess that, that there's something not right that opens us up to the presence of God. And so today I'm going to follow up with that on how do, we, how do we connect with God? How do we feel? How do we grow? How do we have our prayers answered? It is when we call out and say, help. So those three prayers that I prayed a little earlier, honestly, they're, not, they're probably not prayers that I've not said before. I probably have actually prayed, please take care of this dog. I, it's really getting on my nerves. I need Scott to be a little more flexible, and you know, even though I love him dearly. And uh, the traffic on 150 at Lake Norman and Dooley Road does drive me absolutely bat crazy every morning. It's why I get to the office at 7, so I won't have to waste 45 minutes of my day. But those are what Brian McLaren in his book, Naked Spirituality, it's what he calls immature petitions. Petition, meaning the cry out for help. When we pray things like that, when we pray, you know, God help me get up a little, uh, no, help the traffic be better so I don't have to get up earlier, that's an immature petition. And so many times we're unaware of it, but that's actually what our prayers are like. To God. So, what if we start looking at God as not a magic genie with, you know, a crystal ball and a magic wand, and and when we live right, then God waves the little wand over us and everything just sort of snaps and gets better? That's not who God is. Jesus, when he was walking among the people, he never promised freedom from pain. He never promised freedom from sadness or anger. All those things are very human emotions, emotions and feelings that Jesus dealt with as well, even fear in his full divinity but full humanity. But he showed us how to overcome all those things, and and that's what I hope we can understand a little better today when we when we learn how we can cry out for help. What keeps us from crying out for help? You see, there is actually something that we hold on to, and it's our pride. We don't like to be weak. We don't like to admit that we need help. I want to show you a picture of a little clip art man crying out for help. And I want you to read the words that are there in bullet points. 
It is okay to see ourselves as needy, weak, limited, imperfect, edgy, stressed, driven, frightened, and troubled. It's okay to actually be those things. But in our society and in our world, we don't think it's okay to be needy, do we? We have to take care of everything all by ourselves. We don't think we need to be weak. And heavens, we don't like to admit when we are stressed or troubled. We want to appear as if we've got it all together. But do you know that when we cry out for help, it is in that humility and that honesty that we connect with God. And that is when God actually has an opportunity to work in us because we are more open. Take a look at this quote by Thomas Akempis. The acknowledgement of our weakness is the first step in repairing our loss. The acknowledgement of our weakness is the first step in repairing what we don't have, what we feel like we're missing out on. We have to claim it. We have to own it. So I ask you this morning, what do you need help with? So go back to my silly prayers. You know, the the dog prayer, pray for the dog, um, and the traffic on 150. Let's take the example of the traffic on 150. When I pray to God, hey, God, I want you to take care of the traffic on 150 so that I do not have to sit and waste my time. What, it, what do I really need there? Look at the motivation behind that prayer. Because you see, we all have motivating factors that are within us that, that drive us to think and act certain ways. So I wanted to sleep a little later. I don't particularly enjoy getting up at 5 or 5.15 a.m. I would much rather sleep to 6 or 6.15 a.m. and then go to the office after that. Why do I want to sleep? Well, number one, I enjoy it. Number two, if we don't sleep, what happens? We're tired. So you see, my need, my real need that I need to confess to God is, hey, God, I'm tired. I don't really care, honestly, about the traffic on 150. I mean, if I were a more patient person, I would use that time to actually spend some time in conversation with God, not complaining about the traffic. I would look at it as an opportunity, not a burden. But you see, there was a motivating factor. There was a need that I need to admit, God, I'm tired. And I stay up too late because I'm trying to cram too many things in one day. God... Help me have balance. God, help me put boundaries around my time. Do you see the difference between the prayer? The one prayer, you know, hey, fix the traffic. That's a magic genie, magic wand kind of prayer. The other prayer is me actually admitting where where I'm weak and what I need help with. I don't balance my time well. I don't plan ahead well. I'm always cramming things in the last minute. That's the difference between a mature petition when we pray to God and God takes our weaknesses and takes our needs and takes our areas and our opportunities for growth and and God uses them to change us. That's how prayer works. We've fallen prey to this thing called the prosperity gospel. Scott and I were in Texas, and we heard a megachurch preacher preach in, in an auditorium of like, 
I don't know, 20,000. And literally, the gentleman used the example of when you're living right and you feel God and you pray, God, I need a good parking space. And you get that parking space, you remember to thank God. And I remember sitting there going, oh my, I have apparently not been living right. Because I have missed out on all the good parking spaces just like we did right before we walked in here because we had to park half a mile away. There is no prosperity gospel. I hate to break it to us, but there isn't. What there is is a grace gospel. God is a God of grace, a God of love, a God of power, a God of energy. And that God wraps us up when we cry out for help and when we admit that we need some help. We just have to be willing to open ourselves up for that. I hear you too, Mama. You're right there. <laughs> yes, I am. So a young blind Ray Charles cries out for help. Help to his mom. Well, for just a few minutes as the worship team sings, I want you to sit and I want us to listen to what... What happens when we call out for help to God? 
God is there just like Ray Charles' mom was there always. It's just up to us to reach out and grab on and hold fast. So let's ponder calling out for help and holding fast for a few minutes. Oh
So I want you to hear what Jesus says about calling out for help and holding on fast. It's from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 7 through 11. Don't bargain with God. And be direct and ask for what you need. This isn't a cat and mouse hide and seek game that we're in. So listen, listen to what Jesus says. Don't bargain with God. Be direct and say what you need. Not what you want, but what you need. This isn't a game. It isn't hide and seek with God. And, and if we live good enough and if we're, we're righteous enough and pious enough and Christian enough, then God is there and God answers our prayers. That is not how it works. But if we are direct and we say what we need, then God hears us. If your child asks for bread, do you trick him with sawdust? If he asks for fish... Do you scare him with a live snake on his plate? As bad as you are, you wouldn't think of such a thing. You're at least decent to your own children. So don't you think that the God who conceived you in love will be even better? When Jesus says, you know, even as bad as you are, you know, you all know we've got stuff, you know, in our lives. We're not perfect people. God, the divine, the love, that's perfection. Jesus embodied that perfection, but we're not. We, we mess up. We screw up a lot. We miss the mark. That's the word sin, hamartia. And God is saying, even as bad as you are, you would never treat your children like that. If they were hungry, you would give them bread, not sawdust. You would never trick your kids on on purpose to be mean. If you wouldn't do that, and you're human, God, divine love, do you think God would treat you any different So God doesn't wave a magic genie wand and then poof, give us bad stuff in our life that we have to learn how to deal with so that, you know, we can be stronger. There are bad things that happen in our world, and that's what we're going to look at for the next two weeks. Next week, we're going to talk about the word no, when God seems to say no. And then the next week, we're going to talk about when, when, God, are you going to show up? Because it's, it's about time. I need you. But today, we're just learning to cry out for help. It is hard to do. In today's devotion, if you get our daily devotions for the season of Lent, in today's devotion, there's a story about a young executive who was, you know, this up and rising intern in a Fortune 500 company. They got an amazing deal as an internship, but they would not ask for help. And because they refused to have a need, and they refused to, to, for others to know that they weren't you know, having it all together in their job, they almost messed up one of the biggest presentations that they were charged to make. Why is it that we struggle so hard admitting to God that we need help? It is in that humility and honesty that God works with us. So it is okay to cry out with our broken dreams and our needs and our weaknesses, our anxieties and our fears. 
Because you see, what happens when we cry out? That divine love, that divine energy works in us through that grace. It's spiritual jiu-jitsu, which is a martial art where they take the force of the attacker, and you don't have weapons and things, but when you are the fighter, you take the force of the attacker and you turn it back on the attacker to take them down. Well, that's how this works, this crying out for help and God's grace. When we cry out for help, we create an openness for God to work. And then in that mystical and divine way, God does work. So as I've I've explained in the previous weeks, this message series is a teaching message series, not necessarily a preaching message series. It's practical. I want you to take some actual things home with you and process them. So for the next few minutes, I'm going to show you some words and phrases on the screens, and I want you to pick one. I want you to Consider where it is that you need to cry out for help and ask God to take this this area of weakness and turn it into a growth opportunity for us, for you. So take a look on the screen. God will be renaming our anxieties into requests. So do you deal with anger? What if we cry out to God for help and we ask God to turn our anger to patience? What if we did that or the next one? What if we ask God, God, help me. Help me. I am afraid. Turn my fear into courage. The next one. God, and this is my example of the traffic on 150, turn my exhaustion into resilience. Use it to make me a stronger person. Next. Turn my judgmental personality into one of mercy. Do you ever judge other people? Do you ever look at other people and think that they're wrong and you're right? In a season of politics, what if, even though it is okay to disagree, what if we start treating one another with respect and mercy instead of just judging other people to be wrong? Next. What if we ask God to help us turn our being aloof and not caring about the problems that exist in our community and in our world or in other people's lives. And we ask God to turn our feeling of aloofness into compassion for others. Next, what if we ask God to turn our pain into healing? Next, or we cry for help and we ask God to turn our not being able to pursue a goal because we're afraid of failure or we don't have the right skill sets or whatever it is that is crippling us and holding us back, what if we ask God to help us by turning that into determination? Next. What if we ask God to turn our intellectual captivity or emotional captivity into freedom? Have you ever thought about something so much that you've been stifled or your emotions are so frail And you're afraid of getting hurt again so you won't let yourself be emotionally free? What if we let God use that and we cry out for help and we ask God to help us be free? Next. The last two. What if we cry out to God, help me have wisdom 
And finally, God help me have grace. You see, if we change how we pray, then God has a lot more room to work in us. And I'm not saying don't pray for the things that you need because they say, Jesus says, be specific. If you look in the book of Philippians, you will hear Paul and Timothy write, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns before you know it. And listen, this is the most beautiful part. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness. Everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displays worry, displaces worry at the center of your life. Go back to the Ray Charles clip for just a minute. Because the examples that I used at the first of the sermon, they were silly for a reason. They were so they wouldn't step on our toes too much at the beginning. But hopefully by now you're ready, I'm ready for our toes to be stepped on. Remember, I never preach to you or at you. These are all things I struggle with as well. When we are faced with situations like, you know, a child being born blind, like Ray Charles was, being that mother. Can you imagine the pain? Can you imagine how much she wanted to go over as soon as he cried out for help and pick him up and not let him touch the cricket, not let him go near the coals? That's what we want, right, for the people that we love. But if she had done those things, he would have never learned to do them on his own. And so the, the negative situations that existed there ended up being used for good. And I just believe with all that I am that that's what God is. That no matter how bad things are, they always end up being used together for good. A few weeks ago, I had the privilege of talking to a former senior pastor of mine, Rob Fuquay. He's out in Indiana now and he called just to check up and so we were trading stories and we asked about each other's families and he said you know uh please keep susan's mom in your prayers susan's actually on an airplane now flying to texas to be with her she has an aneurysm on her heart and they told her back before Christmas that she had it. They were going to do surgery. But then the doctor said, you'll never make it through the surgery, so you can't have it. Well, then the other doctor said, well, you know, if you don't have it, you're not going to make it either. And so she was faced with a decision. Now, brief aside, Susan Fuquay's dad is a bishop in the United Methodist Church. I've explained before, that's like the, the big, the boss, you know, the big guy or girl. And... So Bishop Wilkie and Mrs. Wilkie, Julia, they know thousands, thousands of people. I mean, they have served all over. He is one of the most well-known and loved bishops. They wrote Disciple Bible Study. Max Licato is like a personal friend. And Rob asked me to pray. And I did. And so I found out yesterday that Susan's mom didn't make it through the surgery. 
and she died. Now, we've all had stuff like that happen, right? Where we pray to God that God solves it and heals it and fixes it. You know, the magic genie and and it doesn't work out. And so then we're like, God, where are you? Just like the traffic on 150, do you think it's going to magically solve itself tomorrow? No, I'm still going to need to get up earlier. Does that mean God's not there? Absolutely not. It's the prayer. It's in how I prayed. You know what will happen out of Julia Wilkie's death? People will come together and share beautiful memories and stories. And that family will feel so supported and so loved. People will pray for them. I promise you this. People will pray and they will feel the peace. This peace that comes. The situation and the outcome does not change. Death thought death had the final word. But we know, because we do believe in a life that is bigger than death, the power of the resurrection, that death is not the last answer for any of us. And so many times I think we fear that as being the worst thing. It isn't the worst thing. Certainly not for the person that has moved from life here on earth to life eternal I want you to take a look at this Ray clip one more time as we close today. Now, this time, I don't want you to look at it from the perspective of Ray. I want you to look at it as from the perspective of the mom. And then I want you to draw a parallel in your mind, God and the mother. And then I want you to think about where it is that you need to cry out for help today. What is it that you need to admit is your weakness? Maybe it's that you don't believe any of this bogus stuff. And you have a hard time believing that there's something bigger than we are. Then just say, help. Help. I need, I need clarity of thought. Because I think God is so much bigger than anything that's ever been contained in human interpretation Wherever you are crying out to help, wherever you need to cry out to help for God right now, watch what happens at the very end of this clip when the mom and Ray embrace.
I hear you too, Mama. You're right there. They embrace. I hear you too, Mama. You're right there. And they embrace. That's what crying out for help does. God's peace and God's love that is so much bigger than anything we can ever begin to fathom finds way to reach into our hearts and our lives and bring us peace. That's how we live through the worst things. And that's how they keep from becoming the last things. Let us pray. Gracious God, as we admit that we need your help, will you surround us with your peace and your grace? Amen. So I invite you now to go out in the commons area and practice your very own spiritual jiu-jitsu. We have an inflatable rink out there. Grab a stranger or a friend and practice, you know, turning the force of the opponent back on them. That's what God does when we call out for help. God, in that openness, in that void in our lives, God uses that openness and then that grace and that peace and that love and that energy of an amazing God fills us up and conquers all things. The worst things are never, ever the last things. Thanks be to God. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, go in peace. Amen.